Brothers and sisters, Jesus tells us, repay to God what belongs to God. All life, all good, all that we are and hope to be is from our living and eternal God. Through our worship, we want to acknowledge our dependence on you, Almighty God, and ask you to remove all fear and selfishness that prevent us from living as true followers of Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I grasp, subduing nations before him and making kings run in his service, opening doors before him and leaving the gates unbarred. For the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen one, I have called you by your name, giving you a title, though you knew me not, I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. It is I who arm you, though you know me not, so that toward the rising and setting of the sun, people may know that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, there is no other. The word of the Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians. And God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, remembering you in our prayers, unceasingly calling to mind your work of faith and labor of love, and endurance and hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before our God and Father, knowing brothers and sisters loved by God, how you were chosen. For our gospel did not come to you in word alone, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with much conviction. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. A very holy pastor was invited by his uh, parishioner to dinner, and they went to a very nice restaurant. They sat down, and the waitress came over and asked them what they would like to drink. So uh, the, the parishioner said, I would like a martini. And uh, 
Then the waitress looked at the, the pastor who had been an abstinent his whole life and asked him, would you also, would the reverend also like a martini? And he looked at her and he said, absolutely not. I would rather break all Ten Commandments. At that point, the parishioner looked at him and said, wait a second, I didn't know we had a choice. <laughs> Today, in the Gospel reading, the Pharisees asked Jesus a question that involves choice. Is it lawful to pay census tax or not? So it was a trap. Uh, the trap was in this, that if Jesus had said yes, they would have accused him in front of his own people. They'd, nobody in, uh, enjoyed the Roman Empire ruling over them, the heavy tax that they had to pay. So then on the other hand, if he had said no, they, they would have accused him in, in front of the Roman authorities saying, look, he's inciting uh, people against the regime. He's, he's telling people, don't, don't do what you're supposed to do. So Jesus, of course, found, knew their malice. The gospel says this very clearly. So he answered the way that satisfied both. Of course, we know that he put, he said, repay to God what belongs to God and give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to secular authorities what belongs to them. So your way of life can still continue to improve because we know that, in fact, the Romans uh, did improve the livelihood of many people, the infrastructure they built, the roads, and other, other important things. It really helped people in their way of life. So Jesus acknowledged, yes, contribute to that, but remember whose image is imprinted on you. You belong to God, so give yourself, give yourselves completely to God because you belong to him. So, you know, Jesus, of course, and there was another lie in the gospel reading that Jesus recognized. They told him, we, don't, we know that you are a truthful man and that you do not regard anyone's opinion, which was not true. How many stories do we read where Jesus says, what is your opinion? This person did this, that person did that. How do you look at it? What is your opinion? So you see, they lied to him in his face. So he acknowledged that, that lie and set them straight, calling them hypocrites. This was only about a week before he died on the cross. So we see that, uh, that image that Jesus reminded them that you are created in, each one of us is created in God's image. So we, we should give, repay to God what belongs to God. And God uses sometimes unexpected people to do his work. We heard in the first reading about Cyrus, who was a Persian king. Persians defeated the Babylonians and then allowed the Jewish people to go back home. King Cyrus told them, go home and I will support your, your efforts in rebuilding the temple, rebuilding your homes. Because he knew they're not happy in this land. This is not their home. I, I'm not going to force them to live here against their will. So he told them, go. So that's why the reading says that God uses Cyrus and calls him anointed one, Messiah. Cyrus didn't know the God of Israel, yet God used him. He saw, this man is also created in my image, so he used him for, for good. And, you know, it paid off. He, he answered the call. Yes, it is difficult to live up to the image that, that we are created in, God's image. To image God is difficult. Paul called it in the second reading, labor of love, work of faith. Yes, that's exactly what it is, labor of love, work of faith. So again, we are reminded, how do we respond to, to the, the question? Do we sometimes feel tensions when it comes to 
repaying to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Because we know that, of course, secular laws, are, many of them are good and necessary, but sometimes they're not all moral either. Yes, they're legal, but they're not always moral. So sometimes we may feel tensions. We need to remember what Jesus said. First and foremost, you must listen to God. So, you know, I, I brought with me a, a quarter. I'm going to put it in the collection basket later. <laughs> and of course, on the quarter, we know what it says, in God we trust. And of course, there is, on this one, we know that, of course, the, the image of George Washington, our first president, is on it, and the eagle on the other side. In God we trust, reminding us that even our money are supposed to be used in a, in a way that shows our trust in God only for good. And, of course, to remind ourselves that there is a, an, an invisible image imprinted on each one of us. That coin that Jesus asked for, the Roman coin, you know what it said? It said, Tiberius Caesar, the son of divine Augustus. It said that this man is God. That's why Jesus didn't even have it on him, because it was blasphemy. Tiberius Caesar was not, yes, he was son of, of Augustus Caesar, or in the lineage, but he was not divine, neither was Augustus. So he said, yes, this is the way the world works. So do what you can and support the good that it is trying to do, what Caesar is trying to do or secular government is trying to do. But remember, there is something even more important that you must do, giving yourself completely to God. There is a story of a man who wrote a letter to the uh, IRS, and in it, it said, my conscience has been bothering me lately, so I'm sending this $1,000 check uh, to pay f uh, for my, uh, to, uh, in payment for uh, taxes that I owe. And then in P uh, he wrote, P.S., if my conscience still keeps bothering me, I will send the rest. <laughs> <laughs> for the Jewish people, paying taxes was very difficult. Many, they didn't agree with me with, uh, with doing that. That's why, for example, in the Gospels, we see that tax collectors were hated. Matthew was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. People hated them because of how heavy these taxes were. They couldn't afford them. And when they couldn't pay, they were punished for it. So they, they had no problem. There was no that the conscience told them, you know, this is something that I should be doing. On the contrary, they didn't want to do it. So that's why Jesus is acknowledging it. Yes, to the extent you can do it, it's important for, for your life. But remember, even more important work that you got to do, labor of love, work of faith, you belong to God. So in the gospel, Jesus resolved that, that uh, question that he was asked in a very, very pragmatic way, very wise way. We need both, but we always must remember what's more important, belonging to God. That's where our number one loyalty should be. There is a story of a man who was visiting Washington, D.C. for the very first time, and he did all the, the sightseeing, visiting the important sites, the White House, uh, the Capitol, looked at many government buildings that housed important agencies, and he said to himself, wow, this is where the power of our nation resides. This is the most important place in our land. He was so impressed by everything that he saw. Then on the way home, he stopped to visit his family, his uh, friends who lived on a family farm. And when, he, uh, when, when the children came home from, uh, from school, 
he noticed how busy they got doing their homework, doing their chores in, in, in the house or around, around the house on the farm, and he was very impressed. Then in the evening, they sat down at table to eat dinner. The father opened the Bible, uh, read a few verses from the Bible before they started eating. Then they held hands and prayed together for the leaders of the, the world, secular world, the leaders of the church, for their family and friends. And they said their grace before meal. So it was a beautiful, a very enjoyable evening for him. And then he kind of reflected on what, what he saw that day. And he said he was wrong. The power, the true power of the nation does not reside in Washington, D.C. He said the true power of the nation resides in the house of a family that freely and wholeheartedly gives to God, gives to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and gives to God what belongs to God. How true it is. That's where the true power of any nation resides. So it does show that it is true in our homes, that it is true that's where God resides, and then therefore resides even outside of our home, in our, in our churches, in our schools, in our workplaces, wherever we happen to go. In God we trust. It says so on our money. What do we trust that God will do for us? What do, you tr what do you think God trusts that we will do for Him and for each other? Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.